0: You're listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your holy written word. Lord, it is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. Father, as your word goes forth, even tonight, I pray, Lord, that you would just... Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just be information for people, but Lord, I pray it would be revelation for every single person. Lord, speak to people, Lord, under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that you'd make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer, that I would speak your word. Not my word, not my opinion of your word, but your word spoke into the heart of each one in this place and we give you the praise we give you the glory and we give you the honor for it right now in Jesus name and everybody said amen. and amen hallelujah we've been talking on the heart and I want to keep going with this who was here you know Sunday I talked on the repentant heart amen did that bless anybody glory to God which I'll just you know kind of sum it up that repentance you, you really, you know, because someone says, well, I repented when I got saved. Well, really, it's about having a repentant heart, amen, where you're quick to repent. Anytime your eyes are not on God and on something else of this world and your focus is on something else, you have to repent. Which, what is repentance? it's It's just turning to God. It's just looking to God. That's it. Amen? So if you're in sin, you turn from it, you look back to God. If you're distracted by the things of the, of the world, what do you do? You repent, you just turn to God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So that's what we were talking about Sunday, a repentant heart. I'm going to try to focus this whole month on the heart. Amen? Not your heart muscle. Amen? Though we want you to have a strong heart muscle. Amen. But uh, your, your heart, what do I mean by that? Your inner man. Hallelujah. Your spirit. So we're going to keep going on that. Uh, even later today, I kind of got this message of, of a servant's heart. But let's go ahead and, and start here. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. It says, Now may the, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the first thing I want to hit before we, we really get into this is what, what do I, again, what do I mean when I'm, we're talking about the heart? Really, the first thing to understand is that you are a three part being. How many of you guys understand that, that God is in three parts? He is the, he's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All three are God. It's kind of like water, ice, and steam. All three are water, but there's three different forms of water. Is that right? Amen. And so we know the Father, He's on the throne. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. Jesus is not on the earth. Jesus is in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is on the earth. Are you with me? And so when we say Jesus is living in our heart, it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus, by the person of the Holy Spirit, He lives in our heart. And the Holy Spirit, He's not an it. Amen. He's a person. Amen. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. You feel the presence of God, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's in the place. He's in the room. Amen. Who's ever felt the atmosphere change in a church? That's the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit. He's in a room. He's in the place. When God shows up, the atmosphere changes. (laughs) Amen. Who knows what I'm talking about? Maybe you feel it sometimes during worship. You, You feel that just that atmosphere changes because Jesus showed up. Amen, to get his reward. Amen, by the person of the Holy Spirit. So God, he's in three forms. He's the Father, he's the Son, he's the Holy Spirit. But you are also, you're a three-part being. Amen. And I know if you've come to the river, you know that. Maybe you're watching online. But I want to really point this out, that you are not your body. This flesh and blood, your body, that's not you. Just like this shirt isn't me. This shirt's giving me all kinds of problems today. Sometimes your body will give you problems. Amen. Amen. Well, thank God this body's not you. Amen. Hallelujah. It just contains you. Does that make sense? What, What did we just read? May God preserve your spirit, your soul, and your body. So that means your soul's different than your spirit. So let's go through that. You are a spirit. So when we talk about your heart, we're talking about your spirit. When we talk about your heart... We're talking about your the inner man, the spirit, your spirit. You are a spirit, amen, created in the image of God. Isn't that so awesome? Hallelujah. That's the part of you that was created in God's image, amen. God is not flesh and blood. God doesn't stub his toe and... Cut himself or anything like that. God is a spirit. What did Jesus say? God is the spirit, and those who worship him, what? They worship him in spirit and in truth. They worship him. Why? Because God is spirit. Amen. So that's the part of you created in the image of God. You are a spirit, you're inner man. You have a soul which is your mind, your will, your emotions. And a lot of believers, they, they live out of the soulish realm. They live out of how they feel. They live out of their emotions. They live out of their thought life. But really, God wants us to live out of our heart. Can you say amen? Because out of the heart, what did Jesus say? Out of the heart will flow the issues of life. Keep, guard your heart with all diligence. We should be living out of our heart. We should be living out of our spirit. Can you say Amen. So live out of your heart. Amen. Don't live out of your head. That's the hardest job as a minister to just get people from their soulish realm into their spirit. To get them from their head over into their heart. The Bible says renew your mind with the word of God. Amen. So you are a spirit. You have a soul. Your mind. Your will. Your emotions. When you got saved, your heart got born again. When you got saved, your spirit was born again. You became, the Bible says, a new creature. The Bible says old things pass away, everything becomes new at the point that you got born again, you accepted Jesus in your heart. The Bible actually goes even this far to say that anybody who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Holy Spirit. That's epic. You are one spirit with God. Now, that'll, like mess with you that's the stuff that keeps me up at night i'm one spirit with the holy spirit but what did jesus pray that they'd be one as we're one you know jesus was always talking about us all being one in him amen so we're one spirit with the holy spirit what does that mean when you got saved you got oh this is too good amen i might have to save this for next wednesday i don't know if you're ready for this this will blow your hair back amen mine needs cut hallelujah (laughs) When you got saved, you got born again, you, you, you got a new spirit, and then it's, it is connected with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? You have direct access to God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that epic? That's awesome. You have direct access. So all these people praying for revival, and they're praying for the open heaven. And You know, you listen to some people, how they want revival. They want like a portal in the region and all that stuff. That's nonsense. Amen. We're not under the old covenant. Your prayers don't get hindered by demons. Your prayers don't have to lead past the ceiling. They, 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 they don't have to lead past your belly button. Because the moment you pray in the name of Jesus, the Father hears you. Isn't that awesome? Why? Because you have the portals in you. <laughs> Jesus said out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Amen. Rivers. Yes. Rivers. And Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you're one spirit with him. And God can flow through you. He can flow in you. He can flow through you. That's why Jesus said these signs are going to follow the believers. You'll lay hands on the sick, they're going to recover. (laughs) Amen. You've seen God heal. Yeah, He's going to use you in that way. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you'll use my name, you'll cast devils out. Hallelujah. And, And He said, the works I've done, you'll do and you'll do even greater works because I'm going to go to the Father. The Father sent the Son, the Son sent the Spirit. And Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So anyway you got to understand there's separations here. Amen. Who's ever had your heart tell you to do one thing and your head telling you to do another and you're pulled two different ways? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why the Bible says, let peace be your umpire. Let peace be the deciding factor for any question that arises in your mind. Amen. So what does that mean? Your heart can have peace to do this and your head saying, no, don't do that. But you have a peace in your heart. So what direction should you go as a believer? The, the route of peace Amen. Hallelujah. So, when, so you are a spirit. That's your heart. You have a soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Amen. Emotions are excellent servants, terrible masters. <laughs> Amen. If you allow your, your feelings and your emotions to dominate you, yes. uh-huh. it's going to lead you all over the place. Yes. One day you're happy. One day you're sad. One day you don't know what you are. Amen, And if you just allow that to set the course for your life, you're going to be like someone blown around by the wind. Well, one day you feel saved, one day you don't feel saved. Well, you are saved. When I woke up this morning, I didn't feel saved. I felt tired. Amen. So it's not about how you feel. You know, your emotions. Now, the Bible talks about stirring up the most holy emotions, and God created emotions. You're an emotional person. God has emotions. He laughs. Amen. He can get hurt. Do you know that he can? He's a person, the Father. He's a person. He gets moved by what we go through. Just a thought. Amen. So, so, so emotions are, are good, but they they must be brought into subjection with the Word of God. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. If if your emotions. Go ahead of the word, there's a problem. Amen. So, so your emotions can be fuel for, for what the word says. So you, you have a soul, your mind, your will, your, your emotions. What does the Bible tell us to do? Renew your mind with the word of God. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Your spirit gets saved, your soul doesn't. Your soul is, the Bible says, is being saved. When you die, you, your spirit, your heart goes to heaven, but your mind you have to deal with. I can't renew your mind for you. You have to renew your mind. The goal is to be a mature believer is you are saved, but then you renew your mind so that your mind and your spirit, they're not arguing with each other. <laughs> Amen. And there's always going to be that back and forth, but you constantly need to be in the word of God and dealing with the things of the mind. Are you with me? And I'll say this one thing too. When God speaks, he speaks to your heart. He doesn't speak to your head. You get some thought in your head, oh, I think God's speaking to me. No, that, that's, that was the pizza with extra pineapple that you ate. And you had a pizza revelation. And you thought it was God. But really, you just loaded it with pineapple. Amen. And you just had a thought and you went with it and you thought that was God. No, God will speak to your heart and you know when he's speaking to your heart. My sheep know my voice. Hallelujah. So, I don't know about you. I want to live out of, out of my heart. I don't want to live out of my head. Are you with me? So, you, you are a spirit, your heart. That's the inner man. You have a soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. So, there's a difference between your spirit and soul. And then you live in a body. That's what you live in, is your body. So, when you look in the mirror, that's not you. Amen. Amen. Your 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 appearance probably looks like what your spirit looks like if your spirit could leave your body. Amen. But that's that's not this body's not you. Just like this shirt isn't me. Amen. And the Bible promises us that, or or God promises us that when we die, this corruptible is going to put on incorruptible, and this mortality is going to put on immortality. And, and the Bible says, we will not be spirits without bodies, but we'll have a new body. Amen. Amen. You're going to have a new, a glorified body. You, know, you want to know one of the reasons why you're going to have a new body? Because your physical, your natural body cannot contain the presence and the power of God. And when you go and stand before Him at the throne, if you went there in this body, you would die. <laughs> Boom. Dead. Dead. <laughs> And, you know, so you have to have a whole new body to just contain the glories of heaven. To even be able to, like, function up there. Otherwise, we see what happens when God shows up in this place. People fall on the ground. They can't even function right. Even when they get up, they're stumbling around like drunk people. They all look drunk. Come stumbling out of the the, the church and... Trying to get in their car and, you know, I'm sorry, this isn't a Presbyterian Bible study. This is a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power of Pentecost. And when you talk about Jesus, the Holy Spirit shows up to see who you're talking about. (laughs) And so the power of God comes in the place and people fall and they laugh and they get joy and... I mean, for me, when God first started touching my life, it took two people to carry me out to the car and throw me in the back seat because I couldn't, your body can't contain. When the the supernatural comes in contact with the natural, something's going to give and it's not going to be the supernatural. (laughs) So that's why people fall. Boom. People fall because they can't stand up anymore. That's very easy. They just couldn't stand anymore. Boom, they went out. We don't say slain in the spirit. I know some people say they were slain in the spirit. You don't want to be slain in the spirit. You get slain in the spirit. There's only two people that we know of that in the Bible that were slain in the spirit. Ananias and Sapphira. They died. You, see, you don't die. You're not slain. Amen. you rather say they fell out under the power of God. Amen. That's a better, in my view, a better term. than You don't want to be slain. You know what I mean? So, so we had a great meeting. Ten people died. You know, I don't. I don't like that term. You know, you're not being slain; you're being touched. Amen. Yes, right? You're being touched. So, it says is that scriptural? It's all through the Bible. Sure, so we don't have time to go to every one of them. But Psalm 23: The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. Amen. Why do you have to lie down? Because sometimes you need to rest. So you live in a body. So you, you're gonna. You have to have a new body. Amen. You have to have a new body. So it says, may, may your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So your, your spirit is also your heart. It's your inner man. So when we talk about your heart, when we talk about your, 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 your heart, we're talking about you. We're talking about that inner man. Hallelujah. We're talking about your spirit being. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, now look at this. A couple other scriptures. Ezekiel 36 and verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. That happened when you got saved. You got a new heart. Amen. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone and your flesh. Or I will move the, remove the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Matthew chapter 15. When you're there, just say amen. But whatever comes out of the mouth comes out of the heart. <laughs> And this is what makes a man unclean and defiles him. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, reasonings, disputings, and designs such as murder, adultery, sexual vice, theft, false witnessing, slander, and irreverent speech. These are what make a man unclean and defile him, but eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean or defile him. So Jesus was dealing with the situation here where the, the Pharisees were upset. Why? Because Jesus' disciples were, were eating with unwashed hands. So here they are, they're eating, and they didn't wash their hands, which is kind of gross. I mean, I always wash my hands before I eat. Amen. But the Pharisees, I'm not a Pharisee, but the Pharisees, they were upset because that was part of their customs. The Pharisees were all about looking good on the outside and doing all the outward looks to look like whatever. Amen. Amen. But God is interested not just on the outside. He's actually interested on what's going on on the inside. And where man, especially religious people, will put an emphasis on the outward things, God is looking on the intents and the attitudes of your heart. And that's what Jesus was saying there. That what defiles a person is not what's going on. On the outside, not eating with unwashed hands. What is defiling a person is the attitude of their heart and what is going on deep on the inside of their heart. This is important. Now look at this. In, in Matthew 12 and verse 35, again just laying this foundation, Jesus said, A good man out of the good treasure of the, of the heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Hallelujah. So, one more, one more verse I want to read, and then we'll, we'll get into a few points here. Mark 10 and verse 43. Just turn there quickly. But whoever would be great among you must be an evangelist. No. Whoever would be great among you must be the head of the choir No, Jesus said, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Again, we're talking about a servant's heart tonight. And I can't think of any greater example of a servant in the Bible when I thought of like where's like good examples in the Bible. I can't think of any greater example than Jesus Christ himself. And when I thought of this verse where Jesus said, I came to the earth not to be served by anybody. I came to serve, which is powerful. And it's almost like if Jesus came on this earth not to be served, I mean, he could have came down here and said, you know what, where's my throne, where's my castle, where's my, you know, come on, I I created all this anyway, amen. If anyone could have made some demands, it was Jesus. If anyone could have been treated a certain way, it should have been Jesus. But Jesus said, I didn't come for any of that, I came to serve you. In fact, Jesus humbled himself to the point where he even knelt down, and what did he do? He washed Peter's stinky feet. You know, there's some, like, old-fashioned Pentecostal churches that do a foot washing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, that's where I just kind of like, I don't like feet. Amen. Unless the Lord really told me to do one. Amen. I mean, like, an angel appeared to me and said, you're supposed to do this, you know. Yeah, then we would. But, you know, I would really have to feel that of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A foot washing. But Jesus did that, He humbled himself, and he washed Peter's feet, and he said, "If I've done this to, for you, I'm the king, I'm the Son of God, and if I've done this for you, then you must do this to each other. Because Jesus did that. Amen. <laughs> Amen he, he did that and he said I didn't come to be served I came to serve The word serve in Greek means to be a servant so, so Jesus said the greatest among you will be your servants In servant in Greek it means To be a servant It means to attend I'm just here I showed up to church Not to be served I've come to attend to the needs of people now, is that just the pastor's job, or that, should that be every one of our jobs? Amen. You wouldn't believe it. It's horrible, especially in America and other, some, a few other countries. But in America, people come to church, and it's almost like they come to church, and there's like the leadership is like, you know, how can we pamper you today? You know, when really we should all come to church looking for a way that we can serve God's people and not looking to be served. Are you with me? Like, if you see the trash is full, you pick it up, you take it out, you do something with it, and then you put a new bag in and not leave it for somebody else. You know what I mean? We, if everybody had that kind of an attitude where we're actually looking for areas that we can be involved in, we would never really have a need. We wouldn't say, man, we have an empty spot on the helps ministry schedule or whatever. Someone says, yeah, but I'll do all these things, but I won't wash the stinky feet. I'll do all these things but I won't be a janitor. I'll do all these things but I'm not going to go into kids church. I'll do all these things but you won't catch me on the worship team. I'll do all these things but I don't want to go back there and, you know, and help him with the sound. You know what I mean? A servant just serves, it doesn't matter what it is. Everyone say serve. We should have a servant's heart. Sunday we talked about a repentant heart. Today I'm talking to you about a servant's heart. Do you have a servant's heart? Or or, or do you have a, my heart is, I I need to be served. Don't you know who I am? I mean, I'm Mr. Coshocton. I I have a reputation around here. (laughs) I've never seen people so full of pride than in this city. The Lord spoke to me in my first year here. He gave me three big strongholds in Coshocton. he said, one is pride. Like people, like just proud. Just proud of being proud. Amen. But the Bible teaches us the opposite, that we shouldn't be proud. We should actually humble ourselves. And don't ask God to humble you, because he'll have you eating grass. You should The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Someone says, just pray the Lord humbles me. No, you just do it yourself. Amen. It'll, it'll save you a lot of work. Amen. Just go ahead and do it yourself. Hallelujah. So it, it, the, the word servant in the Greek means to be a servant, to attend. I'm here to attend to the needs of people here at the River Church. So, you know, if I wasn't the pastor here, if I was just a member and, uh, you know, Tim was the pastor tonight, you know, I would come in and I, w- I would look for an opportunity of what can I do before I leave to leave that building better than what I, what I, what I left it. What can I do to leave God's people better than, you know, when I seen them? And I I do that now as a pastor uh, on a daily basis. When I'm driving or I'm doing something, I I actually pray. I said, Lord, lead me to somebody that I can be a blessing to today. And then you can't get cranky when you go to Subway and you see a homeless guy out there. And you have to buy him a meal. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Look for opportunities to serve. Look for opportunities to be a blessing. Hallelujah. So it means to attend. It means to wait upon. Now, me, I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. But a servant waits upon. Amen. I'm going to wait on you. Hallelujah. Is there anything I can do for you? In fact, did you know there's a scripture, I didn't have it wrote here tonight, but there's even a scripture that says, outdo one another in showing honor. Yeah. Outdo one another in, in blessing and in, in serving each other. We should all be like that. Hallelujah. Outdoing one another in, in showing honor. Hallelujah! So it means to wait upon. It means to serve. Hallelujah. To attend. Here's another definition in the Greek of serve. It means to attend to anything that serves someone else's interests. Hallelujah. Jesus said the greatest among you will be your servants. The greatest among you will be these people right here. The ones that look out for other people's interests. There's so many believers that they're only looking out for me, myself, and mine. A humble heart. That's a servant's heart. A servant's heart, somebody who has the heart of a servant, they have stripped themselves of pride, arrogance, and being conceited. I love what Tim told me a a few days ago. He said that the most talented musicians he's ever met were the most humble ones. Do you know what humility is? Humility is power and control. (laughs) Hallelujah. Where you can actually be really good at something, but you don't walk in like a peacock strutting around. A servant's heart is a humble heart. Everyone say humble heart. So look at this. Go to Philippians 2 in your Bible. If you brought your Bible. Go to Philippians 2. We're not going to take long here. It says in verse 3, it says don't be selfish. And it says don't try to impress others. God looks at the attitude of your heart. doesn't matter what you're out there doing for him. What's the attitude of your heart in doing it? That's what he's looking at. We would love for you to join us at The River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I wanna pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free jesus thank you that you died for me i believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me i confess with my mouth jesus is lord come into my heart right now now just declare this say i am saved i'm forgiven and i'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to therivercoshocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at The River Church. Our service begins at 10 AM. We're located at 51 Pine Street, right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.